Hey everybody, it's Jason. Welcome or welcome back to the Mosaic Church Podcast. At the end of this podcast, please take a moment to connect with us on social media. It's a great place to learn more and to see what's happening at Mosaic. Most importantly, hope the following message encourages and inspires you to take a new step on your faith journey. Enjoy. So it really came about so unbelievably quickly and without an announcement. Here we were as a family enjoying a wonderful day at Lake Michigan. We used to live in Racine. This was a few years ago, and I was having a great time with my family there at North Beach in Racine. And one of the things about me is, I mean, I'm a kid of the 80s. I absolutely love pretty much everything 80s, and one of those things are stand-up jet skis. So for those of you who've maybe seen these before, this was like what was cool before you had the big boats that you sit on all the time. And so we would have these jet skis that were skinnier and smaller, and you'd have to actually stand up and balance and lift the bar up, and then you'd have your throttle. So it's a lot like riding a uh, you know a motorcycle or something in that sense, but we were on the water, so they, t- they tip over so easily. But one of my favorite things in the world to do was ride these jet skis on Lake Michigan. And on this beautiful day, I was doing that. But out in the distance, I could see... Something wasn't quite right. I could see the storm front coming in, these dark clouds starting to move in from the northeast. But the sun was still shining very bright where I was. The water was blue. The sun was warm. I'm like, man, there's no way. There's more time to ride. And my wife, she had a different opinion. She pulled me aside. like, hey, we need to get out of here. These clouds are coming. The storm is coming. We had little kids. Like, we need to pack up and get out of here before the storm comes. And being Jason, I thought, no way, man, I'm going to go ride more because one of my favorite things in the entire world is when the storms come, you get huge swells and I could launch farther and higher and I would do every trick I could try to do and think I could do, but I wasn't that good, but I still had a good time, right? So I would go out there and when the storms came, I would rush to Lake Michigan. So when I saw the storms coming, I thought this is the best time in the world for me to ride. My wife, Disagreed. So after a little bit of conversation, nay, debate, I would say, she's like, well, we're packing up and we're leaving. And I said, okay, okay, fair enough. We want to get the kids safe. And if the rain's coming, I said, but I I just want to take one more extended ride. So I got in my jet ski and I started riding and I started heading out towards deep water. And, And then that's when it's happened. Like all of a sudden, everything changed. The waves started coming in different directions. And typically the the waves, you can time them. They come in sequence. I knew how to ride them, but this time was different. The waves were coming, but I didn't know where they were coming from. So I would try to stand up on my jet ski and I'd be hit by a side wave. And the waves now started to rise to four foot swells, five foot swells. And so they're coming over the top of me. And I started to realize at that moment, this was not good. Here I am in deeper waters of Lake Michigan, and I cannot get onto my jet ski. I can't even hold on and like putter myself back in the marina because I had to get around a breaker wall. I had a ways to go. And so I started to look through my options. What could I do? There's two options. Either I put my head down and I worked really hard to get back to the marina, tried to figure out a way, or I'd have to give up. Because as the waves were coming, it was impossible. There's no way I could see myself getting back. Every time I would get onto it, a a wave would break and it would flip me over on my side. And there's more peril to this whole story. I'm moving closer and closer to the huge breaker rocks, which would not only have smashed up my jet ski, would have done damage to me as well. So 
I started going. I started riding. I put my head down. I did everything I could. It was hard. And there I was in the middle of a storm on Lake Michigan. Everything in our life feels like this sometimes, doesn't it? Like when storms start rolling in and the waves start coming and they start coming in different directions. And if we're honest, a lot of times, even when it's those hard things that are in sequence, we seem to be able to work through them a little bit easier than those that we're not ready for. The ones that come from the sides, the one that knocks us off our bearings and we feel like we can't get through. We get tired, we get exhausted, we get frustrated, and sometimes we just want to give up. And today we're going to be exploring a psalm that talks about this, the 121st psalm, Psalm 121, and it's going to answer some of our questions. God, where are you in the middle of all of these storms? So I'm going to give you a few seconds to open your Bibles to Psalm 121. If you're using your electronic, if you're using your iPads, you're probably using your electronics right now to listen and watch us, but you may have another piece, Psalm 121. And the, the Psalms, as you're going, there's a collection of these poems and songs that are put together. They have a wide range of topics. The topics are thanksgiving, there's lament, and we often turn to the Psalms in times of trouble. So if you've never read the Psalms before, I encourage you. There's so much encouragement because the writers of the Psalms, they, they're humans just like us. There's great joys, but there's also great pains. There's struggles, and we start to see what it's like to have this life that isn't always cheery all the time, and we make mistakes. These Psalms our great collection of encouragement. So this is Psalm 121. I lift my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will not keep you will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. Psalm 121 opens with a question to everyone anywhere. No matter where you are right now, you can relate to this. It's simply this: Who is going to help me in my time of need? This is an eight-verse psalm, and seven of these verses are all about who God is and what God does. But it starts out with as us as humans. There's initiative here that we've got to look upward. We've got to look up into the mountains. And so these mountains and these problems and these challenges and these feels like we're in these valleys. We're not sure what's going to happen to us. Do we go to God? Do we cry out? Do we beg him to help us? Because in this psalm, it promises that when we go up, when we look up, he promises to be there. Because we as humans have confidence that this creator God, the one who made us, the one who formed us, cares and loves us. But I've got to be real for a second. Like, I'm going to be honest. When waves start crashing, when the mountains are in front of me, my immediate gut reaction when all of darkness is surrounding me is I don't go up, I give up. I just do. Like, my gut reaction is anger, frustration, pain. I just bury into myself and I don't even go to the one who created me. I bury into myself and I feel, God, I'm not even significant enough for you to hear me in this problem. But then the other side of things, whatever it is within my Jason mind, when things are good, I have no problems praising God. I have no problems worshiping. It's in those times of the darkest times I feel like I don't want to bother God. 
he's too he's too busy for me. He doesn't understand me. I don't know where this is coming from. All I can tell you is it's wrong. And I know that some of you can relate with me with this. That when the struggles and the pain of life start to just surround us, it's so easy to start to just come into ourselves, to come and really just hide ourselves and protect ourselves. So we are right now, as humans, going through a time of struggle. We all are facing this together. So the question is this, do we turn up towards God or do we turn away from God? Do we give everything up to him or do we give up? In these times like these, I want you to remember something. God is here in the middle of this. The 121st Psalm reminds us of something. God created everything and there's nothing outside of God's love. Nothing that he hasn't created and has knowledge about. Oftentimes, we're always looking for help in the wrong places. Instead of lifting our eyes to the Lord, we go to our friends, we go to social media, we go to Google. I mean, be honest. How many times have you Googled coronavirus to find out what's going on with this? How many times are you going to the news media to find out? And it's almost like it's stoking our fears. And my challenge is this. When this all happened, how often did I go to my knees? How often did I go to my knees and ask Father to help us? Again, I already confessed to you. My first was to go inside. But that's not what the psalm tells us. The psalm tells us that our God in the 121st Psalm is so big. He's got everything in control. And we can learn three important things from this small eight-verse psalm. First of all is this. There's no problem too small for God. We're in the season of Lent. Strangely enough, in our season of Lent, our time of repentance and our time of of just putting our heart before God and saying, God, remove from me the junk in my life. I want to be more like you in this time of remembering on our Ash Wednesday that from dust we are created to dust we'll return. Interesting enough, now this is what's happening to us. We're starting to think about our mortality. We're starting to think about what it means to be a community. We're starting to think about really what it means to love our neighbor. And what an interesting time for this because we are so unbelievably small. Like we think we're a big deal, right? As humans. And sometimes we think that we are the center of the universe. But do you know that how much smaller you are than just the earth alone? I mean, you know that. That's childish, right? But Think about this. Think of how small you are compared to the sun. I mean, compared to the sun, this huge ball of hot burning gas. Here's a couple of facts that you may not know. Compared to the earth, the sun contains, is enormous and it contains 99.86 of all of the mass of our entire solar system. The sun is 846,400 miles across. It is 109 times the diameter of the earth. The sun weighs 333,000 times as much as the earth. It is so large that 1,300,000 planet earths can fit inside of it. Earth is about the size of the average sunspot. Everything on earth is small in comparison to the size of the universe. We're but a speck. We're, I mean, we're, we're just a speck in this huge, monstrous creation that was created by our God. And yet at the same time, This God, when you call out to him, hears you. The God who right now, with all suns and stars and planets and universes and galaxies, all of this 
here's you. Here's me. Like, this is a humbling thought because we feel big on our earth, but in comparison, and maybe that's why God did it. I don't know why he created all of this, all the universes and all the stars. And I'm glad he created the sun because we're getting close to actually see, seeing and feeling its warmth as we get closer to spring, right? But all I know is this, we are very small, but yet God hears us. And when we call out to him, he responds to us that the, that the God of all of this knows you and knows your name. He knows your fears. He's inside of everything that's here that's, that's troubling us. He says, call out to me. Go up. Don't give up. Secondly, God hears us because he doesn't grow tired. The 121st Psalm talks about this, that he, he doesn't grow weary. Remember when I was in college, I made a trip out to Colorado. I love Colorado. First time I saw the mountains, I fell in love with it. I, I, I'm an outdoors guy. I love nature. And, and being able to walk through the mountains for the first time was one of the greatest gifts God's ever given me. And in Colorado, this is my first time out. And we were going out to a friend's wedding. So me and my friend plot, plot, uh, got into my car and we started plotting forward. And we were going to do the hardcore. We're college kids. We don't need to sleep. We'll just change drivers, drive out to Colorado. Now, let me just tell you something about a drive to Colorado. From Wisconsin, there's a stretch of land known as Nebraska, all right? Now, if you haven't driven this before, let me just share with you. Don't do it. <laughs> Fly if you can. Nebraska is just flat. And I got the privilege of doing the, the Nebraska trip during the night. So my shift was during the night. And I was getting so tired. I mean, I did everything I could. I drank way more coffee than any human ever should in life. And then I started to do this game. So I want to be clear to everybody. I don't suggest this game. It is not a good thing. Don't do it. I'm not endorsing it. But let me tell you what I did. Because I know you probably have tried it. I did this game. If I can close one eye and count to 15 seconds, I could rest that eye and then I'd switch eyes and go another 15 seconds to give that eye rest. But what happens in this game of like, I just need to close my eye for 15 seconds. I'll get a little bit of reprieve is that on the transition, both eyes like to stay shut. And so here I am driving through Nebraska, falling asleep behind the wheel. I could not keep my eyes open. And even though uh, we were safe, I, I, I woke up. I didn't fall asleep behind the wheel. I made the better choice. I said, you know, dude, I cannot drive anymore. I don't care if you're tired, wake up or we're getting a hotel. And we pulled off to the side of the road. It wasn't safe. I could not last even 24 hours without falling asleep. But our God never sleeps. It's not about 24 hours. It's, it's not about even years. It's about the fact that our God goes and does not sleep. He doesn't slumber. He doesn't fall asleep while you're praying to him and saying, God, do you hear us right now? Like, God, do you know that this virus is taking over our entire world? Where are you? And he, I'm sorry, God's sleeping right now. He's got his phone on silent. He didn't hear that text. He's got it on sleep mode. It's not him. He never slumbers. He never sleeps. He never rests. The God who is in control of that huge universe, the beautiful suns and stars and moons, all these things also is alive, awake, and well. And he says, call out to me. I hear you. God hears us because he doesn't grow tired. In verses three and eight, 
we see that God's going to persevere and keep his people. He is here for us. And what is our role? Crying out to the one who's in control. But finally, I want you to remember that God watches over you. That our God of the universe simply isn't here to keep bad things from happening to you. God is more concerned about our spiritual well-being than our physical well-being. We want to be healthy, and that's right. That's how we're created. But God wants you to have a strong faith. We want bad things to never happen to us, but God wants us to learn how to trust him in the middle of the storm. We know that God keeps us, and we know this by the wonderful thing that happens on Easter weekend. Think about this for a second, if you would. We do everything to preserve our life here. But the one who is controlling everything, the same big, huge, monstrous God who doesn't sleep, the one who loves us and knows us intimately, even though we are small, he says, I'm going to tell you what's the most important thing. It's eternal life. Yes, this life is important. Yes, use this life for everything you have. Yes, be healthy. Yes, go and prosper. And yes, have a great time. But this is but a short piece of the life God has for us. We were created to be with him forever. And so he is always working with us, calling us out in the middle of the storms. Where is our faith? Call out to me and I'm going to help you because this world is going to bring so many troubles, so many issues. Today, it's coronavirus. What's going to happen next year? But our God is not asleep. And it's interesting at this time, so many of us as followers of Jesus are calling out to him. God, help us. God, save us. That's exactly what we should do because our God watches over us. As we enter into the Easter season, we enter into Good Friday. Jesus, he faced a pretty big storm. He faced a storm that's bigger than anything we're ever going to face. He faced the storm of the cross. He faced the storm of everything crumbling around him. He faced a time when everything seemed lost. Everything was going to be gone. Everything is crumbling. But he kept his hope, his trust in his father. And then at the time of when he was, everything was going to begin, the first thing that Jesus does is he goes to prayer. He calls out to his dad. He weeps and he prays to his father because he knows his father's in control of all things. And he shows us how there can be calm in the storm because of what Jesus did on the cross. Because he didn't just die. That's Good Friday. Easter shows us that he rose again. So how do we respond when mountains are high? How do we respond when the waves are crashing all around you? What are you going to do in this time of peril, of struggle, of fear, of doubt? Will you give up or will you go up instead? So there I was. I was bobbing in the middle of Lake Michigan. I had my hands on the throttle and I had two choices. Either I can do everything I can to get back to the marina or I could give up and I wouldn't make it. So I prayed. I mean, the fear that was gripping me as drowning became a reality not seeing my children again became a reality. My foolishness became a reality. My pride became a reality. My ignorance became a reality. My smallness became a reality. I prayed. 
I pray to the one who created the waves. I pray to the one who created the rocks. I I pray to the one who was there in the storm. And I called out to him and I made it. I got around the edge and I got safely back to the marina, wet, humbled, and thankful. For those of you who are in the middle of the storm right now, those who are scared, those who are hurting, Remember, the one who holds those stars and those suns and those moons in his hands, the galaxies, the one who sees us and knows us, though we are so small, loves us and knows us. Turn your head towards him. Remember that these waves are going to try to take you down. We can't let them. Remember this. There is no problem too small for God. And God is watching over you. And he hears us because he doesn't grow tired. Friends, don't try to do this on your own. Instead, call out to the one who's giving you the strength and the ability to endure because he has the strength. Just call out to him in prayer. Call out to the one who they wrote about in a scripture 2,000 years ago who calmed a storm. Then, I want to meet you at the marina. Once again, thank you so much for listening. If you live in Southeast Wisconsin, we'd love to connect with you at our weekend gathering. For service time, directions, and to learn more about our vision to ignite a movement of love that transforms our community and the world, visit us at mosaicwi.com.